You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Podzilla, king of the casters. I'm your host, MB Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper has finally stopped biting me, which is a real step forward in our relationship. (laughs) Don't worry, he's a dog. We have today a special guest. Uh, My friend Isaac, uh, who is probably the biggest Godzilla nerd that I know. Wow, I mean, I am pretty tall, so yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. So, uh... Now's the part where I go on a tangent that has nothing to do with Godzilla, and that's how we start the episode. Yep. <laughs> I had to prep Brandon for this one, because Brandon was not ready for it. So, here is my take. People who constantly harp on the looks disparity between Kevin James and his wife on King of Queens are fucking wrong. Kevin James is actually kind of hot. He's at least on the same hotness level as his wife in King of Queens. He's just fat, and people hate fat people. But I'm telling you, dude's got like a chiseled jaw. (laughs) I stand by that. Now, Brandon, how are you going to tell me that I'm full of bullshit? Um, I... (laughs) (laughs) So... I haven't really been able to come up with a proper response to that. I have never seen the show. I am now just looking up The King of Queens. I have heard you of it. You've never seen King of Queens? I've heard of it. <laughs> what did you do after school? You just come I home, have... and from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock, you can watch all those good old comedies. You get King of Queens, and you have Everyone Loves Raymond, back to back. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure the entirety of TBS uh, <laughs> is just some guy in a room with infinite numbers of family guy and king of queens episodes and he just presses play on random ones i was the little brother i had to leave the room i was the little brother in the household i had to tolerate like whatever reality show my older brother was watching (laughs) most of the time i couldn't fight the controller away (laughs) so um i grew up a lot in there that's why I like video games so much. Yay. Um, Yay, the King video of, games. <laughs> yeah, the King of Queens. Um, I I don't think... Alright. <laughs> I don't swing Do you know that, that TBS way. owns American Dad as well now? That's a thing. Yeah, I, I, I knew about I'm that I've watching one. on Hulu, seeing the TBS logo on it a bunch, and I was, I was perplexed that they made that switch. Brand's trying to find a way to refute my rock-hard facts that Here Comes the Booms, Kevin James is a 10 out of 10 smoke show. Alright, not a 10 out of 10 smoke show, but, like, I could I could see people being into that. Do you like I, I, mustache Kevin James more than non-mustache Kevin James? No, non-mustache Kevin okay. James is the way to go. Okay. Paul Blart is a naughty, normal <laughs> Kevin James is a hot. <laughs> There you go. Oh, goodness. So, King of Queens, King of the Monsters, Godzilla. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> Anyways, back from uh, Paul Blart and his hotness. Uh... <laughs> I specifically said not Paul Blart. Every other character he's played, yes. <laughs> Frankenstein, I'd bone him. Uh, here comes the boom. I'll take that boom. <laughs> the zookeeper can keep me. Oh god. But Paul Blart <laughs> is no. <laughs> Wow. What a disgrace. <laughs> you gotta love him. You think that you Toho will get Kevin James to play Frankenstein when uh. they try to bring that back? Is that what they're going to do? Yes. Thank you for steering us back to what this podcast is actually about, Isaac. I, I yeah. was trying. I, I, so I, I did... I, I did some research on the movie and I found one of the names that it was like in Europe. Oh, I should introduce what the movie is first. It's oh, a... Yeah. Uh, 1971's Godzilla versus Hedora, and it's a weird one, folks. Yeah, I, I picked I, I so uh, when uh, when I was asked to be on the podcast, I, I have some one some movies I wanted to watch, and there's a lot of movies because as an intro, I am a big Godzilla fan. It was really funny the contrast between you two talking of the intro of like how many Godzilla movies you've seen like before you started this, especially. Going into the controversial Godzilla 1998 uh, film <laughs> of how many Godzilla movies you've seen. And then I was trying to sit back and be like, well, how many movies did I see before I saw that one? And I was like, I think I saw them all other than Godzilla Raids Again and Godzilla vs. Hedorah or the Smog Monster. So I saw I saw majority of those movies on VHS before going into that. I don't know. I didn't even see it in theaters. I think I got it was my, it was my first DVD experience with Godzilla 1998. Uh, which is a fun, fun time. Did you know you can't rewind DVDs? Uh, I mean, like you don't need to to return them back to the store. Oh yeah, yeah, we knew that. I, oh, <laughs> yeah. no one informed us this. No one, no one knew. I, uh, me and my dad were sitting there after watching this movie, and was like, "Well, we got to return it to not, not to like any big chain. It was like some, uh, it was a." local movie theater and i don't i they didn't tell us how to do dvd stuff and so i sat i i kid you not we sat there for at least a couple hours trying to rewind this dvd just couldn't wrap our heads around it but you're trying to be kind and rewind and they just want to let you do it exactly you you get it um but this this movie i have on blu-ray uh and i i mean looking at the other movies on the list you guys haven't watched yet and it was like well a lot of other godzilla movies like at least a lot of the ones you haven't watched, a lot of them are like you need to, you should watch them in order, right? Like at the reset of 1985, you should watch those like in order probably because they do have some returning characters. Even though there is a returning character from this movie in another movie, that I don't know if you guys have watched yet or not. Uh, is it the fact that Hedorah is in Final Wars? No, it's not that. It's the um, it's the 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 main not the main the main character in this. The actor in this film reprises their role. I don't. I don't think they are go by the same name though. Yeah, the little boy. Wait, the little boy. The little boy with the telepathic thing with Godzilla's and other movies. Ooh. It's like a fucking Tommy Jarvis from the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Then. I think he's only in the next one, and then it doesn't. It doesn't make as far as I know when looking online, because I I was like just looking at like is this. 
the director behind this movie is, is different. I imagine you guys got all of that. I don't want to get too far ahead and mess up your flow. Because I did, I did listen to the podcast. I know your guys' flow what you normally do first. Yeah, uh, so just a, a follow-up question on that. But look, the next one's Godzilla versus Gigan. I don't remember a, sm- uh, a young kid in that one. Do you, Brandon? You should watch the movie that follows Godzilla vs. Gigan. The reason you watched Godzilla vs. Gigan, and then you'll... Yeah, okay, yeah, Godzilla vs. Megalo. We oh, have yeah. been putting that one up. We want to space out our Jet Jaguar consumption. Yeah. That's fine. There's not enough Jet Jaguar in the Godzilla universe, and it is one of the saddest timelines that we have. But Have you seen Singular Point? I've not. Okay, um, we won't well... spoil it for you. Uh, we won't... I, there's a lot. I have not watched the King Kong movie or the Godzilla vs. King Kong movie and then the anime. All this stuff on Netflix I haven't watched. So Don't watch the anime trilogy. The The trilogy of movies, do, just, just avoid them. Just avoid them? That's what I hear. I hear all that stuff, and I, I feel bad because I'm like, well, it's more Godzilla stuff, right? Isn't that like... That should be good. It's, it's not, though. It's not? It's not more Godzilla stuff. It's more it's... just... People wandering around and shooting guns and doing techno babble. Like, it, it's like someone watched Shin Godzilla and took the moral away from it. Oh, people actually just like people talking in rooms. So, but this is not an episode about those bad movies. Yeah. This is an episode about a, good one. About a very good one, in my opinion. Mm. Now's the part where we say our brief opinions on the uh, on the movie before going more in depth yeah i really loved godzilla versus hedora mm. it was so fucking weird and brandon knows i love fucking <laughs> weird stuff for sure um i would i would second that i think it was a really fun time i'm i'm glad that so far on these cameo episodes uh, we choose a good movie. <laughs> well, Isaac chose for us this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that there's... Uh, yeah, so I'm glad, anyways, overall, that we've had a good movie to talk about, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, Abira was awesome, and this is in the completely other direction, but yeah. it's also fun. <laughs> yeah, Abira's like watching a Mad Max movie. Yeah. But uh, this is more like a... I don't even know Apocalypse what... I've literally now? never seen anything like this. <laughs> so I don't have anything to compare it to. It's so... Yeah, it it's... It's like... It's better than some other Godzilla movies. Like the... Uh, the it's... Try not to say anything because I don't think the movies you've watched. Um, and so, like, it, it does a lot of better... It, it shows the direction that Godzilla was going in with more towards kids, but it's still like, hey, we're gonna just murder people on screen, which already hasn't, like, been happened yet too much in Godzilla movies, which is a weird combination of the two. Also, it's during the 70s, during... And just, it's like, this is the first movie with hippies in it, and it's just like, what do you mean? Like, what does that mean? So, now it's time to go into the section of the show where Brandon kind of takes over... But I still chime in because I can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Isaac, you can also chime in and not shut the fuck up while Brandon talks about this. It's what that monster do. Oh, yeah. So what did those monsters do, Brandon? So, oh my goodness. Um, so the main monster, obviously, is going to be Hedora. Uh, Godzilla looks very similar to, uh, you know, the movies that have come before and directly after this one. Very similar suit, um, 
Same deal. Still like his longer tail. That's a more recent. There's addition. one difference in the suit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Isaac, I don't know if you noticed this while watching it, but for some reason the the actor, you could see his face outlined perfectly <laughs> in Godzilla's neck, like as if Godzilla had a fucking goiter or something. Yeah, I I I noticed that when watching it today. I was like, I think I see his head move. I, I could see Godzilla's head at the top move. And the neck stays still, but his head wobble back and forth. I'm like, oh, his head's right there. But I, as far as I know, I believe it's a new suit. It's not. It's not. A, it's none of the things in this movie are reused. It's all new stuff. So the the interesting thing is that um, so the, you know Godzilla is the same as before. Hedorah is one of, if not, is an incredibly good looking suit from the Showa era. Like Ghidorah. <clears throat> Hedora looks awesome. Like, it's this gross, sludgy, gray-green monster that is made up by just a ton of tadpoles. And, like, it's shaking around. It's spewing sludge around. It's this big gray-green blob with, like, these incredibly piercing, like, slitted red eyes with, like, uh, yellow pupils on them. And it's spooky-looking thing. And then, um, there's interesting things that happen with that creature... Where it changes forms throughout the movie. It starts out as, like, this little tadpole thing that can, like... You know, it gets beaten by a child with a knife. <laughs> it gets... Def- you know, the monster that will eventually go toe-to-toe with Godzilla... Gets its ass handed to it by a child with a small bladed weapon. Like... <laughs> I think you're giving more too much to that child. The child has put... Like his arm up in the air, and then the monsters <laughs> dove into it, and that's kind of how what happened. Yeah, it, exactly. Like you know that it wasn't even the child was trying. That even makes it worse. <laughs> so like, um, it was interesting how the creature was created because this was the first film that featured um, the suit actor for the small monster was probably gonna butcher the name, Kenpachiro Satsuma. So he wears the he wore the smog monster suit, and he was actually quite short, but he was quite strong for his size, and he was the only one capable of supporting the suit that was three hundred pounds. And then there were some wires that helped him support it at certain points, but a three hundred pound suit. And then this is the same actor, the suit actor that went on to play Gigand for the next two films. So that is a very heavy suit. And, um, interestingly enough, according to some several official Toho sources, Hadora is a girl. Really? Yeah. Director uh, Yoshimito Bano mentioned its eyes were deliberately met, made to resemble female uh, Marty parts to make the monster look unsettling. We're an explicit podcast. You can say vagina. Of the vagina. <laughs> Okay, not like that though. <laughs> not like that though. I take it away. I take your privilege away. Your vagina privilege is gone. God damn it! And I just got it back too. <laughs> so um, yeah, Hedora was depicted in the 1984 and the early 90s as pink with prominent eyelashes. So Hedora uh, is a girl, isn't that something? And uh, apparently, at the end. So that's interesting. And uh, 
as a last thing, uh, one of the, the best scene in this movie, and one of the best scenes in Godzilla, period, is when Godzilla flies. <laughs> 100%. And it hasn't been repeated in any other Godzilla movie. It is the only time it has happened. So how Godzilla does it is... <laughs> Godzilla, you know, Hedorah's getting away and he's got to catch up. And how is he going to do that? Hedorah's flying. Well, um, Godzilla shoots his top breath of the ground so hard he starts to uh, rise in the air and shoot like a rocket towards Hedorah. And when the director was asked about why they made that decision, they said that the whole film had very dark themes. They wanted to add a scene of levity. <laughs> and there's the levity. So, um, <laughs> that's the scene of levity. And, um, at the end of the film, the white things that Godzilla pulls out of Hodora are indeed supposed, supposed to be its eyes. Oh, that's dope. So that's that the, the thing with the flying thing. I remember the, uh, director, um, how you say his uh, last name again, Brandon? Um, Bono. Thank you. I, 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 was, I was looking at that for a while, and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to say this wrong. I was going to ask you guys. And so he recorded two, apparently recorded two different scenes. He recorded one with Godzilla running and with one with him flying. And he had to talk to the executive producer uh, as assistant because the executive producer was hurt on set and had to go. I was in the hospital for the entire shoot of this film. Or rather, he was only there for the very beginning when they were doing the. Uh, he was he went there once on set to see it was the the fish scene where everyone had like fish masks on. Yeah. He just walked in, saw what was going on, and just walked out without <laughs> saying anything to the director or anyone else. Fun. Um. We, yeah. Fun. Exactly. And then um. But he he asked the they sent up the assistant saying here you go here's what this is does he want us to use this one or this one and the assistant was like here you go use this one like you know just it's fine whatever. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, in the film, Godzilla doesn't fly once but flies twice. The second time, bringing the monster back as it tries to escape, being like, no. Um, but I always thought it was funny. People online said, like, or some people online were saying, they're like, oh, it's not eyeballs. It's, like, supposed to be eggs. Nope. It's not an egg-based creature. Nothing about it implies no. an egg-based creature. Yeah. Those the, are the, the eye eyeballs. Eyes. I mean, it makes more sense than its eyeballs. People, I think people just took the uh, the the shapes of its eyes and trying to be a female reproductive design. Is that better? Or imagine that's worse. It's something. They were meant to be Hedorah's eyes, actually, which he considered the most okay. important part of a person's body. But the reason they don't resemble Hedorah's actual eyes are due to a rushed production and smaller budget. The film, this film had less than half of the budget of prior Godzilla films, but that he only had 35 days to shoot the entire movie, and he had a single crew to do it. So they said, just, just grab some beach balls, we'll call it eyes. Yeah, and like why that's really important is for like FX films at the time, we're using uh, two, two, two crews, one for the drama and like the actual human part, and the other one for the, you know, the monster part. And so Corona combined with one camera to make one composition for like that whole film must have been crazy. Uh, just that must have been a very wild production. Yeah, I know that. Um, because Bono, the 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 film, the director, 
has unfortunately passed, but he was doing really big interview time in 2014 with the new American Godzilla movie was coming out um, because he like loved Godzilla so much. And of course, because he also spent 55 years at Toho, I imagine at that point, you know, you know things. And so he was um, talking because he had to get, he asked for like five more days to finish the movie because he's like, we're almost done. It's just, we need to edit things and yeah, I don't have enough time. And so he had to send well, the part of the movie because it wasn't done. So, and they're like, okay, you got a couple more days. It was like, awesome. Dang. Uh, do we have any other special effects things? Uh, that's it for the special effects things that I found. Animated sequences. Those are a, those are far more relevant to your skill set, Brandon. <laughs> Woo! So, there's a few interesting little animated sequences in the film that kind of remind me of, like, as, like, commercial bumpers. Like, like if the film was edited for TV, they would add those in to, like, transition the audience from, like, the actual movie to commercials or something. Like, they're really interesting, interestingly animated. And they're, like, it's really weird to see that in a Godzilla movie. It's like, whoa, there's Ghidorah as a little cartoon monster sucking up all the power plant. <laughs> and then he does that in the movie. Yeah, it's nice sequence breaks to just kind of be like, hey, this is like how we're breaking up the different acts of this movie and they do it in a really awesome way. Um, especially with not even just the animation, but also seeing that how they took the animation out in different versions of the movie too. was interesting. It felt to me like a... So- one of my favorite movies of all time is RoboCop. Ooh. And RoboCop does a very interesting thing where it breaks up uh, the acts of the movie structure. By bef- At the beginning of each act, we get a long sequence of two news anchors talking about news in the future and like a crazy commercial in there. Ooh. And it similarly... I felt that the three animated sequences kind of, you know, symbolically representing pollution and capitalism and all that stuff were placed similarly to be those kind of act breaks. Yeah, you could definitely see that. I mean, the movie has act breaks throughout it, you know, not even just in the animated scenes. That's good. I think um, we want to start talking about, like, the overall plot of the film, about what this Hedora is doing. And how Goji stops him. Along with uh, some yeah. help. Yeah, so uh, we'll go to uh, our own commercial bumper break. Yeah. And then we will come <laughs> back and talk about that. Don't worry. These will be beautifully animated, but, you know, it's a, it's an audio medium, so you'll just have to hear it. We're sorry. <laughs> but I, I get to see it, though, right? Because I'm, I'm in the podcast thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll see, you'll see him. It'll be Just gorgeous. talk about when you get back just, how fucking amazing it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Just make sure to... I'll, I'll, let, the, I'll let the folks know. Uh, just uh, sign the, that digital NDA I'm just sending over. <laughs> All right. All right. See you in a minute. I'm Woodsy Owl, and I'm here to tell you about a dirty word, pollution. Help Woodsy spread the word. Never be a dirty bird. Don't paint or write off buildings. That's pollution. Give a hoot. Don't pollute. Never be a dirty bird. Turn your radio down. That's noise pollution. In the city or in the woods, help keep America looking good. 
it's a it's essential on let you know who knows when a th- a million volts will shoot right into your body you just you're just walking on the field and you see these two movie feet like I like outside movie theater walls just like stand up for some reason and you're just like I don't know what's going on with that but stop saying funny stuff without me <laughs> yeah I this is something that I'm you know won't be on the podcast because you know audio medium but if you go to the IMDB page I'm pretty sure it's like the first movie poster they have for Godzilla vs. Hedora it is the sickest shit I've ever seen like it's like I was gonna say, have you seen any other art from for Godzilla movies or no? I've we've seen some, but like this one is so sick. It's like an outline of Godzilla, and like within him is like looks kind of like woodcuts of like the smoke, and then like the piercing yeah, those, red those eyes. eyes of are are good. In his body. Like, I remember, when we started this movie up, and I was like, oh man, those. Oh, that one. I see what you're talking about now. Yeah, that's super sick. It's the Polish one? Oh, what was it? Yeah, I saw I saw one. a post on this on the Godzilla subreddit. Like, God, it's been years ago now. Um, and it is uh, and like that is one of the, that is one of the posters. I have I have two posters from the the later uh later series of Godzilla, the Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla and Godzilla versus uh, I want to say King Ghidorah. I want to say I can't see them in the right now, but. I, mean, I I know it won space it was space Godzilla because that's top tier movie right there. And we have actually been back for that entire poster conversation. <laughs> Hi. That was good content. I'm not letting it go to waste. <laughs> when it comes to content, I am a capitalist. We were talking about posters because we're we I saw that awesome commercial break that I was just super well animated. the colors were just all over the place yeah i i thought uh, uh brandon i did think that you know michael jordan's bulge was a little too pronounced <laughs> i didn't like that you animated it that way listen all right it, it swung when he walked i i'm sorry i'm sorry nolan it was the one request <laughs> that the estate had we had to do it Michael Jordan is alive. It was his estate. It's the person that Brandon talked to to get the rights. It was just someone on the street. It was just like, this is what you have to do, though. Exactly. I somehow have these. Don't worry. You're just going to do this one thing. Listen. Fa- saw a panhandler on the side of the street. Hey, Harry Joe. How should I do this Michael, Jackson- Michael Jordan uh, animation? I want him to have a big swinging dick. <laughs> Listen, we compromised. He was gonna have wow. him without pants and like you... all the way to his knees. I got it to <laughs> shin level. That that's uh, that's some bargaining right there. Like I, ma- I imagine someone just opened up like a big coat pocket, like big coat, you know, trench coat with all oh, just here's his rights, you know, all these like pictures of people. Like you want this person's rights? Here you go, contract. You want to make a Fantastic Four movie, kid? <laughs> no. No one wants to do that. Producer Jasper ripped my earbuds out of my ears. <laughs> oh, Alright, so... <laughs> that was some of the dumbest shit we've ever talked about. <laughs> Woo! The, the, the movie in detail, Yeah, right? the movie. Let's, uh, yeah. Okay, so Let's break down the plot. It's time for me to go through the plot beat by beat. So... We start with 
a fucking James Bond style musical sequence while the credits play. <laughs> it's it's dope. pretty dope. It, and we will hear that song with different instrumentals like three times throughout the movie. <laughs> oh yeah. They got that use out of that song. And the song is just yeah, the song is very on the nose. You fucked the planet, you're all dead. No sky, no water. Those are the lyrics, pretty much. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, uh, kind of a bop. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, so right off the bat, we see Hedora, uh, and he's been like, going around uh, and people are like oh there's a new kaiju on the street <laughs> word is on the street and our young uh soon to be figured out to be psychic boy is uh he's out with his dad who's a scientist who studies pollution and his dad is studying this uh pollution area when Hedora comes by and Almost kills his dad, and, you know, the boy fights him off with a knife. Mm. And so the, the wounds that the dad gets, I found very interesting, actually, uh, for symbolic reasons. And they're the same kind of facial wounds we see a lot of people get uh, as they uh, come in t contact with, uh, with Hedora throughout. So... They were very consistent with this uh, th this thing in Japanese culture called the bombed ones, uh, which are people who were near uh, who were near enough the uh, to the atomic bombs to take damage, but not near enough to die, and a lot of them have very very consistent with what it looks like in the movie facial scarring like that depending on what side of them was facing the bomb and the and they're actually kind of the bombed ones are were at the time outcasts of society because people didn't understand the science behind atomic bombs so they thought that being in close proximity to bombed ones would give you cancer and you'd become one of them. Jeez. So, so yeah, I, I'm not sure a hundred percent what the connection there is. Uh, maybe, but uh, it, it is something that was so pronounced and such a big thing in Japanese culture, especially at the time period, that it has to be intentional. And I, but I think uh, actually uh, I do kind of know I do kind of know what's about because they they're drawing a lot of parallels between the damage of pollution and the damage of the atomic bomb. Like you know when people later in the movie get in contact with Hedora, they're just fucking incinerated and they're just smudges on the wall. Which is atomic bomb damage. So they're trying to draw a very distinct, uh, you know, correlation between that 
that slow violence and killing of the population through climate change and pollution and all that stuff. And the very quick, swift, ugly uh, deaths by atomic bombs. Or I'm reading too far uh, into stuff. I would. I don't want to be that guy to say you're reading too far into something. I think what you're saying is all right, but I wouldn't go. You're going. I think you're in the wrong decade. I think this is purely about pollution. I mean, I do think it is a movie purely about pollution, but I think they're trying to draw on that on that national trauma from Japan uh, because. Well, I mean, they were having national trauma in the '70s based on pollution with black smog. There is a scene in this movie later on in the plot that we can mention that is derived from reality in Japan where um, people just fainted from from smog, you know? And then uh, it is it is such like a, a, it is it was such a problem. But when this movie, like, like it was a, a huge problem in the 70s, especially in the early 70s with black smog covering up cities and making fish uninhabitable and people not able to get access to water in Japan, specifically Japan, that that's the reason for the script. You know, with all that stuff going on in the early 70s. I mean, even laws passed then to try to fix smog happened after this movie. Like, a lot of people talking about this smog being bad in the media uh, happened between the time this movie was filmed and, like, came out, kind of felt like it, like it turned around super fast. And so I would not I would not say this movie would be more about nuclear destruction, more just being about, or rather, like, the aspects. I would say, like, I, when I saw the... the the attack on his face, it, to me, that wasn't a nuclear radiation cause. It was more like, oh, he got hurt in the eye. Oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it. they're trying to say this was on a literal level like nuclear radiation cause. Mm. I'm just saying that that is very distinct, specific imagery that anyone in a Japanese audience would notice mm. and is very... You know, this small this smog was a large national trauma, like you were talking about, and it's I think it's intentionally drawing connections between that and the previous large national trauma. Yeah, they do bring up they do I'm pretty I remember them bringing up at some point that like oh it's like a it's kind of like splitting the atom like hydrogen bombs and atom bombs. Like they reference that at some point in the movie. When it start bringing up, like, they have a little animation for it to to show the atom is splitting. Yeah. Oh yeah, when we find out uh, as the movie goes on that Hidora is an alien. Yeah, which didn't <laughs> feel necessary to me. No. I'll be entirely honest. Like, it's made Hidora is made of those materials that are not organic, so it has to come not from this planet. Th- that's fair, but also at that point we'd gone or, like and, and thirty it, minutes already in. Uh, of the movie of just accepting, okay, for some reason smog is creating these little tadpoles that keep uh, building up into a giant one, and I I don't feel like I feel like my belief was not suspend was uh, was properly suspended that I didn't need the aliens. That makes sense. It was more of I think for them it was more like hey this thing was here like forever ago like like no one cared about it but then the pollution came and turned this alien life form that came from a from an asteroid from one of these different galaxies here and is now eating it all up and it's because of us. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That that's the that f- makes sense. The first shot of this movie is very thematically relevant to the rest of the movie because the fir- the very first shot of the whole movie is uh, Mount Fuji, and right in front of it is like this gross smoking power plant. It is the first shot in the whole movie. <laughs> Yeah, then we get, like, a montage. Uh, this is all, like, I forgot to mention this, but it's, like, a minute of uh, footage right before the uh, cool uh, the cool openings uh, music sequence of just, uh, you know, shots of stuff just in the water that should not be in the water. Like, mannequins, uh, just sludge, Hedora herself. And uh, a clock. Oh, a, a clock that's just sinking. You have a clock without any of its uh, arms. So yeah, then that gets burnt. Yeah. Yeah. Then got then uh, Hidora just turns into like a frog-like thing from his tadpole state, uh, and cl- and climbs onto land and just. Starts friggin' huffing smog from a from smokestacks. Oh stats. yeah! Oh my goodness! Like it's a like it's a massive cigar, <laughs> like it's wolfing it down, and like you see parts of the suit like expand. Like it was a really cool uh, VFX Super shot. Cool. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness! Like, like <laughs> it was crazy fun. And that's when we first well. Well, right before that sequence, we get like a shot of Goji entering the movie. Just like walking in front of the sun, but then, but then, we finally get to see him in all his glory, because he comes, and he, he's winning the fight against Hedora, while also not doing any damage to him, or her, yeah. to her. Sorry for misgendering you, Hedora. <laughs> Make sure not to smoke any cigarettes, or it'll get it'll tractor. <laughs> <laughs> Trans kaiju are valid. <laughs> oh my goodness. The uh, the the thing that's really cool about like this this exact moment is that you have the kid think of Godzilla like oh Godzilla's gonna come right and you have that the rising sun in the background and Godzilla's coming is like a superhero like thing, right? And like in the beginning of the movie, depending on if you watch the this will come later. People and I will mention this again because there is an awful line in the English dub version of this movie that makes no sense well two lines um in the very beginning of this movie though you see uh ken the little boy uh playing with godzilla and whatnot and his uh his uncle talks to him and says hey you know who's like what's like who are you playing with and like oh godzilla would beat them all he's he's the best he's superman and then then you see it later seeing him with the rising sun mount fuji all that stuff coming to save the day being like oh godzilla's gonna do it he's gonna come then he comes and he's like ah Kicks her ass. Speaking of that action figure sequence, why do they keep merchandising Godzilla? Like, I get why we in the real world <laughs> merchandise Godzilla. <laughs> but it's like... It's like... Uh, you mean you don't want to own a thing that destroys an actual city in your life and terrorizes you constantly? No! I don't want a 9-11 action figure, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. 
People own tanks. It's just the same thing. <laughs> just one's, you know, drivable and the other one's not. Only difference. It's I mean, the it's just the uh the Japanese equivalent of those gold coins that say never forget on them. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> but instead a nice plastic yeah, toy. It's basically the same. I was gonna say like people have toys of like sharks, but I mean yeah, I guess. I guess tanks. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla yeah, merchandise the is better the same comparison. as Americans <laughs> using oil in their cars. Oh, yeah, it's basically God. the same thing. <laughs> Listen, I'm the worst person to ask about yeah. this. I can look over my shelf right now and count at least ten Godzilla things. <laughs> I don't wanna... I'm, I'm the worst person to ask about this because I was like, wow. if I was living that time, of course I'd get one. <laughs> I could die tomorrow thanks to like this like an alien coming to our world and being like nah it's ours now and just have to have to depending on what decade it is pray that Godzilla will either be awesome and do something or will, will just not do anything about it. <laughs> or join the aliens <laughs> or join the aliens or like would walk over there not understand what's going on and be like ah cool we destroying the city now <laughs> That's why you gotta be Team Angiris. You always know where you stand with Angiris. He's yeah, just a swell have, dude. Yeah, you know where you stand with Angiris on the losing side. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Angiris is the jobber friend. You need someone to make you always look good, and that's Angiris' role, and he plays it perfectly. Are you are you implying that Angiris is the duff? And Geras is Godzilla's designated ugly fat friend. <laughs> I mean, those are your words. I'm just saying that Angiris rolls into a ball, like a little roly poly, and then loses. That's all I'm saying. Or I guess armadillo might be a better thing, because he can roll around. I like does roly polies roll around? I've never seen a roly poly roll around. Roll I don't think before, they so actually roll there. around. Yeah. He he he's like Sonic no. the Hedgehog. <laughs> He does that. Yeah. Angiris <laughs> is Sonic. Godzilla is Shadow. Just makes sense. Yep. That's why Godzilla is all these guns. I'm just imagining Angiris with a gun now. <laughs> oh, no. There you go. Who's... That's how he wins. It's how he finally beats all the people that make fun of him. I think of Angiris as like the little brother that Godzilla has to bring around. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, is Angiris. Yeah. Make sure Angiris comes too. Mom, I'm playing with Rodan, and Garrus will get hurt. <laughs> well, you make sure he doesn't, honey. <laughs> Rodan, Rodan just like flies and steps on his spikes. He's like, I don't care. I can do whatever I want. Your spikes suck. Any... That does uh, in this analogy. Oh God. Do it. A beer is the weird kid who touches himself in the back of the room. <laughs> Why is a beer that? That yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Are you telling me a beer isn't that? A beer is a lobster creature. So he just really likes Jordan Peterson for some reason. That 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 tracks. I like that joke. That gets ten out of ten approval right there. Yeah, he's the only one who get who like he's a member of the young conservative party of the school. <laughs> <laughs> The lunch meetings for the Young Republicans <laughs> Club. And it's just him and the weird math yeah. teacher sitting in there. Woo! 
No, man. I mean, that, see, here's the thing, though. That weird math teacher is that 1998 Godzilla who's like, listen, I was the real one. I did it. I, I was the person. No one else We do there not accept me. 1998 Godzilla slander on this <laughs> podcast, sir. Well, you invited the wrong person. <laughs> we'll accept a little slander. You, you, you know what you were getting into. You can go. <laughs> Hey, you know, when you told me what you thought about that lobster-like movie, I was I was flabbergasted. I was like, what? <laughs> that makes sense. It, it, a beer is a great movie. A beer is... Oh, a beer is lovely. It's like... It's like a real movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that's kind of the thing it feels like. Is like... It's... It feels... I'm a terrible movie critic person, personally. I have trouble trying to think of what do you mean when you're trying to think of something critically. I was trying to do that with video games for like a year, and I was just, it's like almost impossible, it feels like. Because it's just an opinion at the end of the day. But when it comes to the Godzilla stuff, it feels like it's an extra layer on that. Because then it's like, nah, it doesn't got to be a good movie. Is it a good Godzilla movie? Which just seems ridiculous. But it's a thing. <laughs> that, that's fair. It's that a is separate fair. category. Yeah, Godzilla, it's like, it's like how watching a WWE fight and watching a John Wick shootout, you're there for the violence either way, but you're looking for a very different type of violence. I mean, listen, John Wick will never have a... If Triple H shot John Cena in the head, (laughs) I would run screaming. I, I, I would say that John Wick having a coffin match with the person that he wants to kill would be amazing. And you should book that. You should send that right off to Netflix so they can pick it up. Um, but I would say Godzilla and wrestling have a lot in common because they all have the same similar moves. Yeah. I, I also love the part where Dave Batista just barfed until he projectiled <laughs> himself out of the ring. <laughs> Sounds about right. You know, like, listen, here's what here's what happened. Boy, there, was, there was there's some eco-terrorist person in WWE. I could find it. I imagine that exists. That could just be small monster. Yeah, Dave Batista, he vomits out of the ring straight into the stands where Mid- where Vince McMahon is and takes him out. <laughs> that's the that's listen. The he said, "Give me what I want," and that's what he wanted to do. Exactly. Uh, so I think we probably should get back to the the plot. <laughs> okay, the plot. Um, this is the plot. So then, after that first fight, Hidora turns into a UFO like thing, uh, and I don't feel bad using that descriptor because they literally use it in the movie. And uh, he, you know, he starts just dispersing sulfuric acid over a city in Japan and friggin annihilating people. Oh yeah, oh my goodness. And meanwhile, the scientist guy who survived the attack is trying to figure out how to stop it. Then... uh, Oh, this is where it comes in about the what version you watch. So, when he's thinking about how to stop it, right? Because he's seeing the sulfuric acid smog on TV. And he's like, oh, no, like we got to do something about this. So he gets the top-notch people of his uncle and the, the singer at the one rave bar place <laughs> to take him to that fight to go to go see things. And then Ken 
does the same thing that Godzilla did like five minutes earlier to fight the monster. And then the uncle is like, ah, you must love Godzilla. And it's like, yeah, no doubt. He has figures of it. And of course he's going to mimic him. He's a kid. But they find all the shards and give it to the scientist. The scientist takes it back. And now this is where the important comes in about it. Because they're talking about the fight, right? And the uncle is like, oh my God, they fought. And the scientist is like, oh, like what happened? And he's like, oh, the monster sparked. And it's like, what, sparked? And then if you're watching the English dub, the the girl, who I assume is in some kind of relationship with the uncle, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He looks like he's a jock, but he's like 35 is also. He looks like he's an American <laughs> football player with a leather jacket, but he has to be 35. And I don't know how old she is, but I, I, I think she could do better. <laughs> and anyway, she, in the English version, he she is says, no Kevin James. <laughs> he is no, he he's is no, no Kevin James. King That's of just those Let's queens. <laughs> yeah, he, he, exactly. He could not, he's, he just couldn't play the role. He could try his best, but. A letter jacket's not coming off for a reason. Um, and he, so she just says, what a beautiful house. And they're like, the guy just says, oh, it was sparking. And he, then she just says the line, what a beautiful house. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you know, like the sparks on this thing is super bad. Let's talk about sign stuff. And it's just like this one line. And I had to be like, there's no way she said what a beautiful house. That doesn't make sense in any any line whatsoever. Yeah, that line doesn't so, exist in the in the sub. No. So. It doesn't. No, no, no. And so I put it on sub and I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's different. So I watched this movie twice today. I watched it the dubbed and the non-dubbed. And let me tell you, on the the dubbed is way more like, oh, the kid thought of the name. The kid, the kid thought of how to uh, that it, that was a tap pool and how to fight it. The kid did that. I'm just scientist man that didn't know nothing. <laughs> and the definitive version, and, which is weird. Oh, there's three versions. There's the the Japanese one, the, the Toho one. There's the there's this one that we have right now that was um, done by some. You can look it up. It's like it's like done. It's it's the international version. What's called, and then you have a third version that's now lost the time. That was a Toho dub. The Toho like got a company in Hong Kong to dub. They usually it was the first time they got any company in Hong Kong to dub. They usually get one like in America to do it. Anyway, the Hong Kong dub is completely different as well. You can there's some uh, scenes online that you can go and see the comparisons. Like specifically this line of saying, "Wow, what a beautiful <laughs> home." Does she just say that in the Hong Kong version either? It's, in the Hong Kong version, they talk about the spark stuff still. It's different, but like at least it makes more sense thematically. Yeah. Also, the kid isn't annoying in the sub or the Hong Kong version, yet the international American version, they're like, we must, we need an annoying kid. That is what will sell, is this kid is, yeah, is shouting Papa so loud and so hard and for so long. Well, it's, it's the Manila effect. <gasps> so in the... This is one of the many reasons that we choose subs instead of dubs. Brandon would not have made it through Son of Godzilla if I if we had subjected him to the dub version in which Manila has the ability to talk. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get the, oh boy, oh boy, I hope Godzilla shows up soon. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's just the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's too hard. I couldn't. I was like, I can't. We can't do this. <laughs> so I I grew up on this, and so like it's it's so weird looking at it now, being like, man, 
what a beautiful house. You know, like, no one commented on the scientist house yet. Like, if that's his, that's the uncle. I, 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 if you watch the American version, you would never know that's his uncle. He doesn't have a name you would, in the American you version. You would never he, know the, the, that he had a beautiful house. You would never know he had a beautiful house, though. I guess that's true. And that's the thing, though, because that, that's, his, that's his brother, right? Yeah. That's the scientist's brother. They've had to see that house how many times? Is this the first time the singer lady is, like, seeing the house? Is that what they're trying to insinuate with that line? This is asking... Or they just didn't know. <laughs> this line of dialogue is asking more questions than it's answering. <laughs> it's true. Oh, I mean, it did answer the question of, do they have a beautiful house? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's what truly matters. So, so I remember yeah. the, the teens all go, fuck it, it's the end of the world, let's party on Mount Fuji. Exactly. And they do. They they think the world and the world's gonna end, that they can't do anything about it. So like fuck it, let's just go out there with and ghosts. It's a dope fucking party. It is a really cool party. Wait a second. It's a cool... I'm just thinking about this as we talk. What was up with those people just watching the party? So those I I'm pretty sure those are ghosts. Huh. They they still stay in black and white while everything else is Oh, so this scene you guys want to talk about the scene because you guys understand, probably like explain it better. But when they're at Mount Fuji, they aren't doing anything. They're all in black and white, just turning, sitting around, being all like, wow, we're sad. They're like, let's kick it up. And then the color comes oh, on. That was so cool. And they start rocking oh, out. Yeah. And they're still black and. Oh my goodness. And uh, I'm pretty. Is this the first Godzilla yeah. we've seen that, have, that has fucking ghosts in it? Uh, I think those are ghosts. I, I can't, I can't, I was looking up online to see if anyone had any things on, like, there's all the reviews that I've seen from this movie, all the IMDb things, all the stuff online. No one said, hey, why are those ghosts? It, it, there's just so much going on with this movie that you can't tackle every weird thing. Because, <laughs> like, this movie was made for kids, but also for adults to enjoy. And that's, that's why it's a great movie. Yeah. But, so, yeah, then... Hedora attacks the party, and the uncle dies, cause he has a real. He, he was like. He has a real Starship Troopers moment of just, you know. Come on, you apes! Do you want to live forever? And Let's just, throw torches at this three hundred charging at it. <laughs> But the torch scene, though, when you see the torch like be thrown at the monster from like the angle they were shooting at, was pretty fun. I it, enjoyed that. It moment. is a very You're fun like, oh, scene. Oh, look, it's actually hitting and bouncing off a little bit. And I did oh. not expect the uncle to die, so. Just straight up, just shot, shot right in the eyeball, dead. Boom. No tears in the movie, though, about his death. Yeah. No, no one really notices. No one. I don't think the... it even references that. Ken is more sad at the end about Godzilla not waving goodbye to him than about his favorite <laughs> uncle fucking biting it. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I mean, I mean, he just saw... I mean, how many... He saw so many... It's, so, if you go earlier in the movie when you... Oh, so... You know when the UFO small mosh is going around? You know the, all that scene where all the girls who are with the mom teacher doing jumping jacks all fall down on the ground? Yeah. yeah. That's the event I was talking about where they, they took that from real, real life. There's people who work, there's girls at school working out, all passed out. Jeez. Oh. So they just recreated that scene mm -hmm. from Smog. Sounds like it's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was a real problem. That's what I made a whole movie about. <laughs> you know? But yeah, so... I mean, other than the inconsistency of the mother somehow not fainting and like all the girls fainting around her and she's like, what's going on? Why are you guys all faint so hard? She's got stronger lungs because she's the PE teacher. So she does this more. Oh, exactly. There we go. <laughs> so, does, so does the little kid that ran away from both his uncle and his aunt when they were on a roller coaster together, and he saw Godzilla that looked like not like Godzilla at all. You fair, like freeze the frame, yeah. and it looks like a black ink drop. <laughs> but like he just ran away into the city. All the small monsters flowing up ahead to run straight home to try to tell his dad, "Hey, I saw Godzilla. He's gonna save us," or something. And then he sees dead people. He sees what the smog monster does. Changes their face from all different kinds of colors. Then the skeletons. Yeah. Point is, is the uncle tried to throw flame at that thing that caused all that thinking he'd win what an absolute unit (laughs) yeah right but yeah so then godzilla shows up fights Ghidorah. or hedora i was the one who did Ah, it brandon i knew one of us was gonna we were debating brandon thought he was gonna fuck up and call hedora Ghidorah before the episode began and uh it's okay just do what i'm doing and calling it smog monster the entire time you have no problem that's fair (laughs) Uh, so then he, uh, yeah, so then they're fighting and the scientist dad's, uh, plan to just electrocute the shit out of Hedorah, uh, it's kind of failing, but, uh, then Godzilla uses it using his atomic breath to electrocute the shit out of Hedorah and mm-hmm. mostly kills him. Then Hedorah gets a second wind Godzilla does the jetpack thing to bring him back in. He's like waiting. He's like holding him there for the scientists to, and the military to actually be able to use their machine and shock that and shock Adora to death. And then the greatest thing happens. Absolute beast mode thing. The military just fucks up and can't do it. Godzilla, like a Muppet, looks at the camera shakes his head in exasperation and then just uh, atomic breaths again to get the electricity going and officially kill Hedorah. Because, like, at that point, Godzilla did so much. He's his, like, his right hand is all bone now, right? Because when he stuck his hand into Hedorah, it pulled out and was just covered in sulfuric acid. So you could see some of the bone on the skin, which was pretty cool. And then his left eyeball was closed. But, I mean, it really was... Because what happened was they had the power line was up. And then when Godzilla and Hedorah were coming down Mount Fuji, because they were fighting up there, which is a really weird scene if you think about it, because Godzilla was basically covered... Like, it was dropped in a, in a, in a grave, basically. And it was covered in, in just so much sludge yeah. that it looked like a, a mud bath. And then you go back to the people and, like, oh, we're trying to fix it, blah, blah, blah. How much time we have? We're talking about these things. Or oh, having a party. Then, like, all of a sudden, you see Godzilla and the small monster come down, rolling down the hill, and just take out, the like, the towers. And it's like, well, we have to fix it now. And the one truck's there, and he's trying to fix it all by himself, and then he gets squished by looking up. Yeah. I would say, overall, um, this is definitely the, the grossest of the Godzilla movies so far. Like, oh my goodness, there's so much sludge. Isaac, as an aficionado, without telling us which one, are there grosser ones? Um, I did not think of this sludge as being gross. I really thought each time I saw the sludge, that was super cool. Because I was like, man, that's like, 
I, I I'm a really big fanatic when it comes to like Sludge? I would say I don't want to say I don't want to say this to the fans like I'm like a, like a like a I turn my head to this kind of stuff but like more like oh like you actually did a thing you put sludge there you did you did something to make this like look really cool but yeah it was very cool well, I don't think anything is the sludge is objectively gross is, I don't think is it really gross is it gross Isaac I know Isaac's uh, fiance Ashley. Ask Ashley right now. Would she like a bunch of sludge dumped on her? I guess that's in true. a shallow grave in the top of Mount Fuji. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly the only way for it to be done. It's okay though. You come out on top in the end. You just have to like you know lose your eye and have a bone hand. But I don't think anything's grosser. There might be one that comes close. Depending on what you consider as gross or not. But that's green stuff, and that's not as gross. Is it Bialanti? I'm really excited for Bialanti. Um, I think it will either be Bialanti or it will be the one or it will be the destroyer. Ooh, one of the oh two. Boy. Nice. Excited for or that. Or it could be it could be the uh, uh, Godzilla uh, Millennium. That's also pretty gross. Yeah. A lot of stuff to look forward to yeah. there. We're um, gonna get gross. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, yeah, it's gotta get gross. Uh, are there any other plot points we didn't go into that you'd like to talk about, Isaac, before we move on to our final segment? Yeah. Uh, sorry for interrupting. By the way, I, I cause like I said, I watched this movie twice because I really, I really want to be prepared for this podcast. I didn't want to come in not know. I feel like I get like talked up and like, oh, you seen all the Godzilla movies? Like, yeah, I have. I don't. That'll suck. Um, <laughs> they're pretty alright. <laughs> like. They're not. They're not as good. They're never gonna be as good as like when you're a kid watching. This is impossible. But they like in this movie. I think you had all the heads on the nail for the plot. The the thing that they. I think you. There's some things you missed out that I would really think we need to go back to just for even talk about for a smidge. But the TV screens they had for uh, an act break, where they had different TV screens of newscasters and people, and then the one baby covered in sludge. Oh. What do you guys think about that? That was some. Big, uh, that was some strong imagery right there. Yeah. Where it was like everyone talking like, this is a massive problem. Why is the Emily doing anything? This is a massive problem. Why is the Emily doing anything? This is a massive problem. Why is the Emily doing anything? And it just like started bleeding together until it was just like a bunch of like random colors. It was like, geez, I'm guessing that's a metaphor for all the smog that was really hitting Japan. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, you know, it, uh, yeah, it's it, a massive problem. Why aren't we doing anything about it? Yeah. Which is crazy. It's like it's nuts. Uh, I think there was that. Um, the I don't think we ever got names for like the the some of the characters in this. I could be wrong again because I, I I started watching with the English dub, and went back through it at one point five speed on the non English dub just so I could be like, oh, I've seen this. Let me hear like the actual lines. You just see the differences because it's all the same. I, when I first, when I was thinking of this movie, I was like, "Oh, is this the one that has the letters?" And then it has no letters in it, so it must be a different movie, or I'm just making it up. Because I, I thought there was like letters from like kids talking about why Godzilla needs to defeat the smog monster to protect the world. I thought that was in here. I thought like for a hundred percent that was in here, and I looked up online. I couldn't find it anywhere. It's either I just thought it existed and didn't. Or it's in another movie that you guys will have to watch at some point. So if you see letters, that's the one I was talking about. We'll keep that in mind. If they, if you see no letters, then I'm just crazy. We're just fine either way. 
Oh, one last thing I want to talk about. The, the shameless sequel bait at the end of it. <laughs> for a sequel that never came. Because... Oh, it's because they wrote it. Yeah, it's... They were writing a yeah, sequel. Yeah, because Godzilla vs. Hedorah 2 got cancelled because of the producers being like... Yo, dude, what the fuck did you just pass in? <laughs> no, no, this is... This isn't a David Lynch movie. This, <laughs> this is Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, you see, that's the that's the thing, right? Is like even though this movie seems like off the wall a little bit, it still was the number two. I think it was the number one grossing movie that year, or at least number two in Japan for box office. It made back triple the the cost of the movie. Yeah, it's which is it's good. one of those things where like during the the scene where the uncle is in the nightclub and he's. Imagining everyone as fish, which we—you mean he's on acid? Yeah, yeah, he's on acid. Which we briefly talked about. I turned to Brandon and I said, "I love this movie, and I a hundred percent get why they never let this guy make another Godzilla movie at the same time." Yeah, it's his his whole career is super weird. Yeah, like I mean, like he talked about it. He had a really good interview with uh, I was like Sci-Fi Japan from 2014. I really recommend if you guys want to check him out because he's in Toho for 55 years. Like he worked in Toho for 55 years. It's just nuts. Uh, it feels like nuts working any place for 55 years, let alone a movie studio that is such as the size as Toho. That and like for him, he championed Godzilla the entire time he was there. Like that's why we have the new MonsterVerse is because of him. Um. Because he he got the rights to make a new Godzilla movie, in uh, uh, he got the rights him solely got the rights to make a new Godzilla movie. It was going to be Godzilla versus Hadora two on IMAX. That was his that was his pitch. A sixty minute movie, also straight to DVD release as well. He has straight to DVD release in IMAX, and he was trying to get funding for it in Hollywood, and that's when he talked with Legendary, and then he was like they couldn't work out the contract. But in his writing for his kind from Toho, it said it had to be like that the focus had to be on environmental issues. Like that was the reason for the movie. And when they went to Legendary, they, that part got cut out. And so he was sad. He was actually mad, I think he said. And then he went to go out to Garth Edwards and he's like, hey, environment should be a th- something about in this movie. It just needs to happen. Is that how uh, we got the uh, eco terrorists in uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters? I don't know, because um, like, Garth Edwards didn't do that one, right? It was someone else? No, he didn't. It was, uh, I think it was, it was the guy who did Trick or Treat, I think. Michael Doherty or okay. something. And then, and then the, but anyway, uh, Bono was already was dead at that point, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know. He saw the original, he saw the, the 2014 version, and he said that he thought the director did very well in keeping with his, with an environmental theme. I don't know where that theme is in that movie, but apparently it's there enough for him to be like, oh, I see it. He was just a fan of Breaking Bad, and he was looking the other way. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. That's why, listen, I'm not going to lie. When I was like, oh, Brian Cranston in this movie? Awesome. And then he's not in the movie, and it's just like, why? Why are we doing this? Why? Like, like, just give me give me a crazy man just being like, yo. Brian Cranston go, being Godzilla. in that movie, at the height of high school boys loving Breaking Bad, is why so many people like us. Love Godzilla movies. 
It makes sense. It's it's that's why it's what you need. You need that. I mean, at least for the American audience, you need that actor to bring you in. The Japanese audience, I imagine they actually might know some of these Japanese like people. <sighs> what was it? The 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 mother was in some crazy named movie. I forget what it was. It was something like a horse. I don't know. I'll look it up on IMDb later or something. But uh, with this movie, I still think this movie is really well done. I think the plot they had was interesting, even though the human element like really much lacked. It felt like. You can continue. Sorry, there was uh, some audio going on in the room. No, it's okay. I just wanted—I didn't know what was going on. I wanted to take a break. You know, if that's what we needed to do, it was fine. But yeah, so that—that's really interesting about the uh, environmental themes uh, in the 2014 Godzilla that I did not notice at all. Yeah, I didn't notice it either until I watched the interview, and then he was like, "Yeah, it's—it's it's a thing in there." And then he also said he—he he wanted to make a new movie. It wasn't going to actually be in Star Godzilla. Instead, it was involved. Hadora coming back and facing a new, a new uh, hero, the savior of the rainforest, or some like other monster from the rainforest. Okay, that sounds dope as fuck. Yeah, that does sound pretty sick. And then the smog monster destroys the rainforest, and then so the the villain or the hero monster has to save it somehow. Now speaking of pitches Ooh. for monsters, it's time for our third and final segment of the show. Make, Make it gritty. So, Isaac, as the guest, we give you two choices here. Mm. Either you can play along and come up with a pitch for how you would put Hedora in the legendary MonsterVerse movies, or you can judge, if you'd like, Brandon and my choices. I would I would love the pitch. I would okay, love the one. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that sounds well, like so much fun. Uh, do you want time to think about yours, or do you, would you like the floor nah, first? I got it. Let's go. I, I got one. All right. All you got to do is take that footage from the lake, from the ocean that's on fire, and then you just have Hedora come out of that fo- out of that footage, and then you're done. <laughs> I mean... You're like, boom, Smog Monster's back. We did an awful job, but we got to do something about this. But, like, the thing I would do is I wouldn't even have – I wouldn't introduce Hedora until the last movie and make Hedora the final boss and win. Okay. Ooh. And that's how you close the environmental theme – the Bono wanted from the first movie to the last movie by having Hedora be the final boss and either winning or just barely lose. Okay, yeah. It all made sense the whole time. Brandon, would you like to go next or should I? Uh, I can go next here. So I'm thinking of an angle where um, scientists are working on a pollution-eating bacteria and it works, it works well. A little too well starts out eating an oil spill in a lake and it starts multiplying as it eats creating more and more of itself until part of it escapes into the ocean away from the rest of it headlines of trash barges disappearing and other pollution being eaten by her by Hedora starts appearing around the world but wherever Hedora goes you can see a line of dead fish Hedora is is eating pollution but releasing poison gas as a byproduct this will be the darkest MonsterVerse film. I'm just imagining this extended shot where, close to like the second act, it's following a family driving in the city, and then a single bird falls out of the sky and hits their windshield, and causes them to like shift a bit and like turn and like scream a little bit, and go, oh, I guess it's okay. And then another one hits, and another one starts hitting the sidewalk, and more and more birds and anything from the sky just starts falling out, 
as the roadways get clogged with dead birds falling from the sky, and you see a silhouette of Hedora rising from the sea in the distance. And the final battle in the film takes place in Antarctica, where Godzilla is fighting Hedora, and Hedora sends out so much pollution and poison gas into the atmosphere there that the glacier they're fighting on melts, and the battle finishes in the, under the water. All right, that's and, a good pitch. And that's how Hedora. That was a that was an amazing pitch. Best pitch I've heard so far today. Now get ready for some dumb fucking shit. <laughs> yes, yes, dumb shit. So Kevin James comes out, right? And you like, joke, whole sir. Thing sets up. You joke, but I do not joke here. So come on, you can do it. <laughs> Hedora must pollution while it's bad is not when we think about environmental issues. Number one anymore on everyone's mind. Yep. So. Is the pollution the slander against Kevin James? No, it's not. (laughs) However, so Milford Roberta Brown has fallen on hard times. She's no longer (laughs) the daughter of a terrorist and a whale scientist. Well, she's still their daughter. How is she not the daughter <laughs> anymore? Those are some really hard times, Nolan. I can't afford having parents anymore. <laughs> I can't pay them anymore to keep them around. So, anyways, she has to take a job as a farmhand under Farmer McDonald, played by Kevin James. Okay. And James is showing her around the property. Yeah. When he gets... To the cow barn. Well, Our to. producer has to get locked up. <laughs> it's been a bad boy. <laughs> so, the cow barn. What happens the cow in barn. the cow barn, Nolan? She's she's walking through the cow barn with Kevin James. And she's like, it smells bad in here. And he's like, yeah, cows are farting. Cow farts. Those liberal hippies wanna wanna le- illegalize cow farts because of what they're doing to the environment. Yeah, they think it's they think environmental danger is some sort of monster. And Milford Roberta Brown's eyes go wide. Monster. And suddenly she's looking around hectically, and everywhere she looks. Cow fart. Cow fart. Cow fart. A haze of cow farts are in this barn. And they coalesce. And we see the two glowing red eyes. And that is the birth of Hedora. And that's my pitch for Act 1 of Godzilla vs. Hedora. Do the... <laughs> Do the cow farts like coalesce and That's swirl right. around Kevin James as he emerges as the as the monster of the No, film? that's the thing. So Kevin James is not the monster. Kevin James just <laughs> refuses to acknowledge that a giant kaiju is destroying his farm. Ah. Yeah. Metaphors. Yeah. He's the cow. But he's... And, you know, people would be worried because, like, that kind of character can't be likable. But he's so damn hot that the audience can't help 
butt side with them. You've you've cast the perfect himbo to make sure the audience does not. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've cast the perfect himbo to make sure that we are converting the audience. Away from climate change. <laughs> no, that's the thing. we don't want to go that far. That's why I'm not putting like a I'm not putting like a like a Taryn Edgerton or something in the role. That would be someone where it'd be like it's gonna convert them away from uh, from trying to stop climate change. Kevin James is just hot enough that we never lose sympathy for him while he's still a bad person in the text of the film. So. I think your only no- the only note that you would have on that whole script by a producer who reads this over is just that makes sense. Kevin would be writing in the side notes when you cast say Kevin James in this role. He'll just write Kevin James stashless exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark. <laughs> if they try and put a stash on Kevin James, I will kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> well. Let me tell you about Act Two of this movie. Will there, right. will there have to be an Adam Sandler cameo then if Kevin James is in this movie? He only has his father played by the ghost of Jerry Stiller. <laughs> oh, this is going great. Oh, uh, before we get to Act Two, I have another question that can be answered in Act One. Does Kevin James have a family to like also realize that like what's going to the farm, but he still does like doesn't accept it? Act Two. Yep. We cut to Godzilla Island. But Godzilla's been chilling out. <laughs> Alright. Cause he's a father? And little Manila is waddling around the island, voiced. Voiced in his best. Shut up, voice! By Adam Sandler. <laughs> Perfect casting. And that's my entire plot for the movie. They never fight. Those two scenes happen, and the movie's over. Wow. <laughs> that's even more of a tax... That's even more than a tax write-off than the usual Perfect Adam casting. Sandler movie. <laughs> Damn. Is that... Would that be an IMAX theaters? And I'll, one, like, because it'd be a shorter movie? It'd be, like, an experience rather than a movie? It will be. And then it'll, it'll really throw us for a loop, because during the credits it'll say, Manila will return... In Hotel Transylvania 5? <laughs> Are they on the fifth one? I don't know. I don't I don't know about... Ho- what is Hotel Transylvania? Why is there so yeah, many? Yeah, the fourth is about to come out, and everyone's really mad because the Invisible Man isn't hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Is it, does it need to be hot? Well, like, you know, we were expecting... I guess Hotel Transylvania fans were expecting more of a Kevin James-like physique, and instead got a just gangly looking guy he they were expecting why so it's david spade who plays him they were expecting joe dirt oh, and not joe oh, Dirt. no way really <laughs> what which movie do i have so there's four of them you're saying yep yeah yeah hotel transylvania one andy sandberg accidentally dates a vampire hotel transylvania two uh, vampire grandpa's trying not to be racist about being, uh, about, uh, about humans. Number three, uh-huh. they go on a cruise. <laughs> yep. All the problems are solved at this point, you know? We have, we have the marriage done, we have the racism's over, now it's cruise time. And then number four, oh, all the humans are monsters, and all the monsters are humans now. Ooh. Oh, that sounds like a fun thing. Didn't they do that in Scooby-Doo? Yes. 
in Scoobert Dubert Monsters Unleashed. Ooh. There we go. Alright, so I think we stopped actually talking about the movie proper like ten minutes ago. So we should probably wrap this episode <laughs> up. So what would you what would you I don't know it's like, like how would this fall compared to the other movies? On I your think list? it's better than a beer. And I really love Abira, but this is shot to number one for me. I disagree. <laughs> I still really enjoy it. Abira was electrifying. <laughs> this was still good. This was this would go up high next close to Abira, but like the mon Abira is such a fun dumb monster. <laughs> He's a big old lobster, and he doesn't make me think of the heat death of the planet. Just jiving and rocking. That's fair. <laughs> Alright, uh, so... Isaac, I know you're one of my friends who I just invited because you're, like, a friend and not, like, someone who's promoting something, but, like, do you have anything you need to promote? No, not really. I mean, like, there's nothing of, of note to promote. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can go ahead and do so at Dynex88, D-Y-N-E-X-88, or my Twitch in which I stream on there sometimes uh, throughout the week when it's fun. Um, I recently played through Undertale for the first time, Blind. That was a really fun Ooh. game. I thought it would be a shorter experience. I was thinking it was like a two to three hour, four hour experience, right? And then it was like an eight and a half hour, like full-fledged game that I wasn't prepared for with like actually like good a good story with a really fun combat system with a really just like would new to not take itself too seriously at time but also take itself super serious it was just it's really well done game but i played it in one shot in one sitting which was probably not the best yeah. to like you, um, 4 or 3 a.m so i don't know how much you know you know about undertale i know there are runs in that game i know there's like one called genocide and pacifist run and that kind of stuff i did not know how to activate either of those i through like my significant other playing through the game and just like everyone talking about like everyone in the video games industry feels like they've talked they talk about undertale enough to know where it's like you just kind of know it exists and know what it's about um and so like i knew there was like choices and i knew there was like you could there might be twists and choices but i didn't know like how like, i didn't know what the system was i didn't know there was like a four like command thing and what mercy was or what attack was or what they could do or like how that all went about but for the most part in the game, I did my best not to attack, because like after I found it, oh, I could just do, I could. Just, it's just easier for me not to deal with that attack system, because I don't, I don't like. I'm not a big fan of like the like a bar going across a thing and you press X. Like I just couldn't tell what to press X. Maybe in the instructions it was more clear. Yeah. But. So the whole thing is, um, yeah. So I've played under, t I've beat all three runs. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Genocide is significantly the hardest. <laughs> Um, I heard it. It's really different, though. Okay, here's what I'll say. Um, if you want the best Undertale experience, I would go through it again. Now that you run, that what you did was called a neutral route. So, now that you went through that, you want to go through it again for pacifist. Don't kill anybody. Yeah. So I at the very end of the, of my game, the the thing that talked to me at the very end was like, "Hey, this is what you missed and how you almost got." your run the pacifist run and so i apparently i didn't i didn't kill anyone that entire game the only thing i didn't do was i didn't make friends with like one person i think or there was like some dates i didn't go on or something like that the sunflower like the the, the, the sunflower boss thing at the very end was like hey this is what you gotta do and i was like all right i gotta do those things 
I was like, oh, I, I missed on those. But apparently, you can have like save. The thing I really hate about that game is just trying to go to the previous world is just a pain. Ah, that's fun. Still very good. I still want to go back and do that. So the point is, is that you ask me what I can promote. Those are my two things, both at Dynex88, D-Y-N-E-X-88. I'll say that for for anybody listening to this part right now, play Undertale. It's not anything to do with Godzilla. Um, if you don't, it's a fantastic game. Um, you just want to play through it neutral, and then pacifist. Only do genocide if you're a masochist. Uh, <laughs> it's it's um, big fan of those. I I personally think it's not worth it from what happens, but um, oh wow, that's. No, I don't mean it's not worth it, but like, oh, it's not a satisfying gameplay experience. It is. Um, Narratively-wise, it is also a good story, but it makes you real sad. <laughs> it does a good job of what it's trying to do. Like, that's the thing with, like, it feels like any entertainment is, like, the, what is your objective and what you're trying to accomplish, and do you, like, actually, like, hit that? And I think what Undertale is trying to do with its story and its direction and its theme and what it, gameplay-wise and it's music, especially. Oh, music's, it's all the notes. The music's so good. That's the, the thing about this. I'm a really big fan of Godzilla music. I really like that theme um, that Godzilla has for like in his entire history. Uh, and I think that a lot of monsters have really good themes. At points in this movie, the music is just not there. There are points in this movie where it's just silence, and you're just watching things on screen. Like when they're throwing the fire, there's no sound. It's just, there's just nothing going on. There's no like underscore music. There's no like whatever. It's just... Yeah. You want the good beats on that, so Undertale's great. Play the pacifist run, you'll cry. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Brand, hit him with our socials. So, um, you can follow us on our Twitter. We have a Twitter as well. It's at Podzilla C. Um, I'll say this every time. When we made the Twitter, the I didn't realize the C was there, and we're too far at this point. So, at Podzilla C, and that's our Twitter. Uh, you can contact us for questions. We're always looking for questions from our audience. Send us emails over at, uh, G, what was it? King, King of, of the, the Casters, Casters at, at gmail.com. And uh, you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, RSS.com, wherever you get your Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, well. sick. Now, uh, wherever you want your podcast fixed, we're there for you. And um, yeah, that's it. So let's talk about our episode next week. We can say next week. We're weekly now. Woo! Yeah, woo! So our next episode is... We're moving out of the Showa era, baby! Well, we still have Showa movies left. We will Mm. return to the Showa era. But we're going... Back to the future. With... 1984's... The Return of Godzilla, first Ooh. movie of the High Zai era, uh, which we kind of have to do in order yes. because they're all extremely yes. plot-based and follow through with each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm yep. excited. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see you next week for that. That'll be fun. Yep. So. All right. Yep. See you next time, baby. Bye. Woo. Bye. Yep.